Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Mad Sounds podcast. This week, as ever, I'm joined by Matt Maynard. How are you, Matt? Very well, William. I'm uh, returning with my blue balls, as I called it last time. The blue ball microphone. The one opportunity I I gave for for a bit of advertising on this podcast, you fucked it up and called it a blue ball. (laughs) Why would it be called a blue ball? Let's be serious. It's it's written in front of me, blue, and then it's a spherical shape, and it allows me to talk like this. Um, yeah, but we do, we've sexy. got another guest we've got another guest on today, don't we? We have. You introduce the guest. I've introduced you. You can in- introduce our other, the other guest. Oh, I mean, I can't. There's sort of an unwritten rule that I can't <laughs> say his name. So uh, you can't here say, he is. He, he, uh, well, he's not a droid, but I'll introduce oh, him. You can't yeah, you St- him. Steve Pryor's on the podcast. It's the debut for Steve. How are you, Steve? You okay? Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. What a no, privilege. No problem at all. Well, this is this is our um, this is the, the more informal podcast of the series. I wouldn't say informal as if we're not taking it seriously because, as, as you can hear, when, we when, are. But it, it's more off cut. We're off cut. Oh, coming from you, mate. Look at you. You've got a mic on the team, mate. Your mouth, like you're taking this so so <laughs> seriously. Me yeah. and does, Steve... a, does a bit of fitness for a few weeks and thinks he's become some sort of like teetotal. Um... <laughs> look at him. Absolutely disgusting. You're not in the fitness in the, the lockdown fitness. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Trying the insanity out and you're failing miserably. Trying and trying been, and failing. I'm, you've been doing your insanity. We've all been doing our bit during the lockdown. We're not here to talk about fitness. We are here to talk about the world of music, the world you of current affairs oh. relating to music. Uh, and uh, last week, well, I say last episode, not last week, we had Joe Carnell from Milburn, which um, which was fantastic. We really enjoyed that interview. Um, yeah. Steve, you weren't present for that one. Well, what did you yeah. think? From an objective point of view. Can I just, I'm going to clarify before, I'm going to give him a bit of an intro because we're going to talk about Joe Carnell. So we've known each other for quite a while and when we were in school and when I was telling Joe when we were like 14, 15, it was old Stephen here who who I was listening to Melbourne with. And so for us, just to to sort of, because obviously he, he sort of, you know, I spoke to him a lot before we did the interview and it was really fascinating for us to find out all those things from Joe firsthand. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's my little prelude. Because I think it was probably you that introduced me to Milburn. And I did think that at the time. What an honour to have passed on that joy. I thought it was amazing. It was, such a, it was such a brilliant listen. And I think there's so many reasons why. But first and foremost, everyone would agree, what a nice bloke. Like, yeah. regards of any of the discussion, just a very yeah. lovely bloke. Really nice to listen to. As you said, I think for us, like amazing really like if you'd said like what I don't know, god 15 years ago now that that would have been happening you'd have said that will be amazing but what I thought was amazing about it was that actually like his story it goes so far beyond like Milburn fans I think so if you're a Milburn fan you listen to it and you loved it but actually like there's some really interesting things in there about that whole era that if you're if you don't even know Milburn would have been interesting because a lot of the stuff felt like it was like 
the last of sort of music as we knew it then. It was like the very last bastion of like the pre-digital age. And I think so much of his story relates to that. And it, it becomes so interesting because like you really see how much an industry changed at that, just just at that moment, just after oh, yeah. them. Well, yeah, because you say that. Because I remember at one point in the podcast and Will is four years younger than me. He's 24. And he said like, he's never bought a record in a shop. He never bought a CD. Yeah, it's just that crossover. It is the it is the crossover. I think it, it's more me a, a victim of the you know the, of how music is at the moment. I, I mean, I, I have gone out and obviously bought a lot. <laughs> no, of He's defending. Uh, he's on the backtrack. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, music, yes. <laughs> I, I have bought a record. I date. <laughs> Never bought a record in your life, mate. <laughs> I've, I've, I've bought you're the reason. Of, you're the problem of this industry, mate. No, oh yeah, cool, cool. cool. I've I've bought lots of vinyl that I like, but but when Joe alluded on the podcast to Oops. reading up about them first, having your tenor ready at the shop, going down there, and and, and you know, kind of committing that tenor. I remember it well, as if to say. I, I mean, I, unfortunately, I, I never, I never could sort of lived that experience. But it was lovely to Joe, and just going back to the um, sort of like the, what Steve was saying about the feedback and what a lovely bloke Joe was. Um, I think the best tweet I saw this week is just like someone saying I would just love to go for a pint with Joe and that's the closest yeah. that I feel I would get and that is exactly the vibe I got off, off of the podcast like he was just such a such a sound blow not not to sound like a sycophant but he really was and it was such a refreshing interview especially for our first one as well yeah I always thought that I think when we I think when I follow Milburn for as long as we have I think we always knew Joe, I mean, that's the reason we used to follow him on social media because we always knew that he was a great bloke and yeah. he's got good views on, on the world so, yeah. I also think that uh, what was so nice, obviously a bit personally having lived through it, but for everyone as well, like for anyone listening, I think you and obviously Joe helped with this, but captured like what was a real whirlwind of like an era in music as well. Like when what blew my mind and like I, I should remember this because we were there, but to have had two albums, like multiple tours around that split up, all before the age of 21. So the two albums within a year, that's unheard of in modern music. Like literally we're in an era of what an album, I would say two years is generous, but pretty much three to four years, you're probably averaging for each new album now. So what I started to think like when it was so sort of brought it all back was how prolific that era was as well. Like you spoke about a lot of the other bands that were around at the time, but there would have been albums being released like, every single month like in that genre and in that kind of um era and i think it really like captured in that discussion with him just how like prolific the era was and honestly i, I felt a bit from what he was saying like a bit to their detriment as well because the, the the other thing that was mad is when he's saying like they decided to call it a day because they're only really playing in front of a thousand people yeah. that's unreal like when i think of like small bra uh, small brands small bands now that are trying to get to that point a thousand people is unbelievable. Like that, like if they were doing a tour and selling those kind of tickets every night, you'd say they're doing really well, like keep plugging yeah. away. And for them, that was like, no, we're going to jack it in probably because they saw similar bands playing what well, they said it right. Touring the world yeah, and whatever, yeah. but such a prolific era. And, and I, I guess we haven't, it's certainly in that field of music had seen such a thing since I suppose the kind of grime scene that we've seen in the last like five years is maybe something comparable where you just have this, so prolific and so many artists mm -hmm. coming through but really like I, I loved all that and just like remembering like how many bands and albums there were incredible 
Yeah, yeah man. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was, it was certainly a pleasure. All right, Sparksy, shall I tell people what we've got coming up? Yeah, go for it. Nice one. So we're going to be talking about um, what bands are up to during the lockdown. We're going to be talking about um, Elton John, Deal Dandin. Has anyone seen that? <laughs> uh, we're, and uh, Milburn, I don't know if you've heard, Joe Carnell was on the podcast on Monday. Our mate Wellesley, who is a massive Milburn fan, put three tracks for submission and Joe Carnell reviewed them and told us what he thought of them and whether they, he thought that they were worthy tracks of anyone's top three. So for any Milburn fans listening, hopefully there's a few stick, stuck around for Monday. Stick around till later on the podcast when you'll hear all about what Joe thought of those tracks. Jerry Cinnamon has a new album out and it is sort of weird having these albums released in uh, while we're in all isolate all in isolation because usually the album coming out uh, has got a tour surrounding it or there's a cu- at least a couple of warm up gigs to go to obviously that's not happening at the moment uh, but I gave a listen uh, sorry I gave the album a listen um uh, a few days ago or when it came out um, and I, I really really liked it uh, he, he did five singles before the album came out they were all released uh, before it came out and then there were a few more on the album but um, you two I guess your Jerry Cinnamon experience is seeing him at Glastonbury uh, yeah we're not about four or five times I was, maybe, I, maybe I'm the cinnamon veteran in the you're parish the, you're the, right if we're talking about yeah you're the cinnamon lover and I'm the cin- I was certainly a cinnamon skeptic. Cinnam- the cinnamon Cinnam- lover. Con- Should do one of those cinnamon, cinnamon challenges skeptic. on this podcast, <laughs> isn't it? When you like, eat a whole pot of cinnamon, you should do some sort of like Jerry cinnamon yeah. related challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm the cinnamon skeptic. <laughs> I can't say it. I can't even I'm say the cinnamon, cinnamon skeptic. skeptic. Really uh, painting yourself in such. I a just. Fun I, I'm just not sure if I should have it in my porridge. You know. I'm more of a sugar and honey man anyway. Not, not in porridge. <laughs> wow. I actually do have cinnamon in porridge, actually. Do you? But he was going to say, I saw him at Glastonbury, and he changed my mind because the atmosphere, it was, it was an amazing gig. And I actually think he's that kind of artist that he's, he's more, he is better as a live artist than he is a recording artist. But what I was going to say is, I was listening to Radio X's Best of British Top 100 Countdown, and you can't say that he's not tapped into the culture at the moment because he had like four songs in the top 100 British yeah. songs of all time. And I know that list is just pretty representative of music currently, mostly. Like mm. it's not, it is a bit of old music, but a lot of modern stuff does get in. Like Sam Fender was in the top 10. Like, I mean, he's top right. 10. Yeah, he's, he's like the ninth greatest that, British song of all time. It's like a Sam Fender track. Obviously, it's mental. Yeah, but, and, and, yeah, and that's like, like that, that's, and that's nothing bad. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's like nothing bad. No, it's, 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 a bit but, but it's, a, it's a bit weird to see when you think of the, the top one hundred British. Well, yeah. There wasn't a songs. single. There wasn't a single Radiohead track in there. I mean, it's it's it's, it's what in the top hundred. Yeah, it's obviously it's stupid. Yeah, so. But <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, sort of take a pinch of salt and listen to it on your Easter Sunday or whatever it was Easter Monday. I mean, yeah, with the top 100, but you're right. I mean, the fact that Jerry Cinnamon's really only been out since 2017, that's when he bought out the first uh, record independently. And Which I one think was that? The, Banter. The, 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 Banter. That was Canter. <laughs> yeah, got, I know. All of us. Belter, Canter, Banter, Chanter. I'm not taking the <laughs> The Richard Keys era for uh, Jerry Cinnamon. If he did a song called Banter, I don't think it would look out of place on an album. Yeah, I'm with you on the atmosphere thing, though. I'm not. I can't proclaim to be uh, like 
but well, I'm not really a, like one way or the other, really. I'm not like that. It have been that engaged with him, but the Glastonbury film was unbelievable. And like, I don't know, anyone who can like get that level of cult deserves some praise, in my opinion. Yeah. Like people were going mad for it. Like that, they were like, do you remember how many flares there were? Like in just in the John Pill, like in the tent. And I think, yeah, I, I'm I'm on board for people having a good time, and he's clearly able to do that. Yeah, it was a it was it was a laugh. I think being there, good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, from Jerry Cinnamon to a, I was going to say a more renowned artist. Jerry Cinnamon's obviously very renowned now, but one of the biggest artists, one of the biggest selling artists ever, Elton John, has <laughs> is, is is taking part in the One World concert. And when Matt sent me this on WhatsApp, what, oh, what, what, a, what, a, what a treat! What absolute. It's treat. funny you say that because it was old Carlo here that said it to me, so it's gone round the train. Oh, thanks, I, Carlo. That's how, that's how going. That's how it goes. Viral. You just you send it on. You pass on the Elton John. But in the running order, we put Dill Dill Dandin. Dill Dandin. Was Elton John playing? I'm still standing on his piano, and I'm it just doing. doesn't get any less funny. I think we should play a clip. So right, it's, it's yeah, Elton got it. Let's play a clip, and it here okay. It is. Okay, let's have it now. Yeah. You be a clown by now. Good night. It's one um, of the greatest TV moments for me in the in the last twenty years. Wow, like in, that's it that's is something. It is. I've what I we should put I've that in the it. description of this podcast. We discussed the greatest TV moment in, in twenty. Years. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I honestly okay, reckon I've watched in. it. I've watched it at least twenty times in full because it it's like a complete story. Like the whole everything from like the intro to like where he's sort of smiling and and everyone like I think he gets you in that zone of oh it's Elton I could probably play a banger like here we go like look forward to it give everyone a pick up and he starts and it's literally what the fuck are you doing like (laughs) it's it's mental like he's like screaming like I can't I can't even I mean to anyone who's not watched it I can't, no words that I can give will do justice because he can't even pronounce the word. He can't even, well, you, well, that was an apt moment for you to lose your voice there, wasn't it? I mean, like, you can't El- even spra. Elton John's a weird one because, like, if, if you're out at like a really cheesy disco, I don't think Elton John really gets put. Elton John is such a karaoke artist, isn't he? You only really, you only really, I don't remember. Yeah. don't really think he's able to sing. I mean, he might testify that or his bank balance might and, and, and the amount also, of people that go to see him and he's, piano he's, playing's questionable I'm, I'm, I'm a fan I'm, I'm a big fan of Elton though I think he's got some so many bangers in the back catalogue but if someone came into your pub doing that video like they you'd boo them out you'd kick them out they'd be out through the window like it was yeah, it, does, it doesn't even make open mic standard like it really doesn't and um uh, glad that he's still dandy <laughs> you'd have him down for mad sounds though wouldn't you you'd get him down for a little if he wants down. to do a dj set for mad sounds oh, no, no not a dj set i'd get him on the keys you know what i like do you know what okay, i like about enough. 
a big Elton though, and be careful, I reckon, with you <laughs> big call, calling him out because he's so <laughs> yeah, in tune. Really sorry, Elton. He's so in tune. Have you seen he's how not in tune? He he's not Mon- that in tune. <laughs> I no, saw that true. performance. <laughs> but he's so in tune with modern music. And one thing I massively like about him is that, I don't know if you've noticed, he's got he always a phones um, up people, show. doesn't he? Right, yeah, okay. well, he had a show on Apple Music and he loves, like, um, he had a thing with slaves, I think, quite recently. He loved the moves. Like, I love the energy. I love everything about them. There's... And he's very relevant, Big Elton. So When I used to work on a, on a well-known... Uh... <laughs> TV show, baby. Um, that we used to get. We used to have a lot of musical guests on every week, and they. I feel like that was a conversation every time. Like, yeah, when John rang me up and told me how great, I am. <laughs> and we would always use this picture, the same picture of Elton John on the phone to just illustrate it. <laughs> was that Elton John had a? He's got the Yellow Brick Road tour, the O2 in the balance at the moment. I think I might be next. I might be twenty twenty one. It's been cancelled. It's been, been cancelled. Yeah, it's been cancelled. Yeah. I guess that leads us on to, to um, it. Does. To, to did somebody. you see it just quickly did you see any of the rest of the gig though the stay at home gig no I didn't I saw no. Paul McCartney yeah um, everyone's seen them really too I'll yeah. eat it eat it Awful. Tough, oh well yeah well guys here we are <laughs> that's quite good do that keep doing that <laughs> well guys it's um it's good to see you on the one <laughs> concert <laughs> but um so I'm just gonna play the number now not bad. He's sort of there, here and there. But before, he, before, we, um, well. before we go on to all the pretty much all the gigs that have have, um, have been cancelled due to the uh, due to the coronavirus, Paul McCartney headlining Glastonbury. I mean, it, is that something you're into? I mean, because the Glastonbury yeah. Glastonbury lineups always divide so much opinion. You, you'll they you'll do. see one person at the festival. And so many people at the festival who aren't even don't even go to the headlines. Well, I mean, I guess you guys, us guys included, as um, uh, as veterans, veterans. How many? How many glass? Gla- how how many glass those? Well, we've been to four, William, and we, we were off to our fifth <laughs> one this good. year. Yeah, you fit in. I'm sort you fit, of a mixture of train guy. Like I'm a mix mixture of train yeah. guy now and Paul McCartney. Um, yeah, you'll fit you'll thrill. fit in fantastically up there. I'll um I'll, I'll stick to my uh, my more low key working class festivals and let you Maystone, you Kent boys do the Glasgow instead. I can't I afford Glasgow well. like you can really. Oh, <laughs> I put you in the shit there. But yeah, but there are so many gigs that are um are, are been done in by Elton John. Um, I'm and... all about Macca, by the way. Sorry, oh, yeah. but Glastonbury. All about it. I I can't think of a better Glastonbury headliner. Re- really, I yeah. I, I find it really uninspiring. I really do. I don't know why. Put, putting myself with that Glastonbury ticket in my hand. Uh, Paul, Paul McCartney. I mean, a bit of Wings, a bit I, of Beatles. I don't think you can say one of the Beatles is uninspiring. I think if, if any, all the words to use, that is, he, that is probably the one thing that he might have going through. You know, he's a Beatle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean who, who, who clashed on the Saturday with the Saturday, uh, the Saturday headline last year with Chemical Brothers? Um, give, give, give me a Chemical Brothers. Give me, give me some. Would you go that. to the yeah. Chemical Brothers above Paul McCartney? Oh, one hundred percent. Yes. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The, 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 the energy, the atmosphere. What, instead of a washed-up Paul McCartney, like getting the up. getting the massive overhead uh, overhead hand claps going to Hey Jude. <laughs> give me a break. <laughs> I'm not I do agree with that. you. I'm not going <laughs> to that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but the sing along. I think it, Sunday night. I think that's perfect. Maybe it wouldn't be my favorite, but I wasn't planning to go anyway, and you two were, so you can have that one. Well, I was just going to say West Holtz. The Glastonbury announced their West. Oh Holtz. yes, sorry, yes, West Holtz. Could, yes, run yeah. us through that lineup, Matt. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you bought it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go on about the West Holt. Who's, who's playing it? Not a fucking clue, mate. Not a <laughs> clue. Put it on the agenda. Didn't look it up. You put it on the agenda. You are the worst producer ever. You know what? I, I mean? actually did look it up. Um... Yeah, no, I told him to look it up. Thank, oh, God, right. I... pro- thank, God, we, thank God we got Steve here. I actually <laughs> thought you were just telling me to look it up because it was good. I didn't even know it was going to be a talking point here, but it is good. Oh. Uh, because it's very West Holtzy. They always catch yeah, on. So like, uh, this is you can you tell got... us who they are and we can react live. Okay, I can tell you that Tom York is on that. Yeah, I did know that actually. So. Wasted time. Oh, brilliant. What? Uh, I'm not having this again. Kano. <laughs> Kano, that would have been good. Very West Holt. What, what, what Tom York's modern boxes playing no Radiohead. Yeah, I can't wait for that either. <laughs> what is uh, it? Ceremony uh, stuff like that. No, that's actually not that. Well, he wouldn't play that, would he? That would be um, his his other outfit with uh, Flea from the Chili Peppers. Uh, the name escapes yeah. me at the moment. Uh, but yeah, Kano, yeah, decent. Kalis, I'd have been well up for seeing Kalis. Yes. She's got some bangers right. uh, and some good cut. songs. <laughs> cut that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, getting canned. That was quick. On, Come Steve. on, it was the Isley Brothers. That could be nice on a Sunday. Brittany yeah. Howard. So, yeah, good. I, I enjoyed it. Well, AJ Tracy's back. Was he going to play with Souls? No. Does that mean he would have upgraded he's, to... He's not on the, he's not he would have play. potentially been upgraded to the other stage. I'll say, I think AJ Tracy might have been another stage contender. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I think they're releasing direct the stages, from the other. Yeah. They are going to release them. I think they're doing all the stages, release them, according to their Twitter. So that's just from, just from the um, just from the the, the Glastonbury's, the, the festivals you've been to, have you got? can you pinpoint in your head like a favourite top set. three headline well, ma- ma- maybe, not, maybe not maybe not a set but you know when you get you get the lineup announced and you see three on the pyramid stage friday saturday Sunday, you go fuck this is going to be the this best year this life. year was the one that i was looking forward to the most the most like diversity of lineup and loads of different music styles that i'm really into all the bands and that's why i'm gutted that it's completely been torn up and it might not be the same next year yeah, absolutely. I was very blessed that my first year, my first headliner was the Arctic Monkeys on a Friday night, followed by the Rolling Stones on a Saturday, which was pretty unbelievable. We don't need to talk Where about Mum- Mumford and Sons on the Sunday. Oh, no. but that we was uh... off on one podcast, make it two out of two. <laughs> so yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky with my first Glastonbury. Anyway, Paul, shall we move on? Um, we're going to move Ooh. on because, because uh, well, you, you're Paul McCartney for the night, aren't you? With your, oh. with your blue ball microphone well, and your haircut well, and, your, and, your, and your music. Your Paul McCartney goes a little bit Roy Hodgson every now and yeah. then as well. Will Gally, Will Gally. <laughs> just so know, know, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry just to cut back Will to the Glastonbury chat. It got me, it got me Googling random Glastonbury's. I'm just on 2008. The, the Friday, so you've got the headline set, Kings of Leon, Jay-Z oh, on the shit, Saturday, The Verve on Sunday, obviously probably one of the best sets I've ever seen. But this is the, this is the, second, the second tier, the Fratellis on the Friday. It was sub-headliner. They were sub headliners. Amy Winehouse warming Jay Z up and oh, Leonard Cohen warming up the verb. Oh, that's that is good. Oh, wow. Very, very strong. That's true. When you but look at it. Glastonbury didn't start selling out until about 2008 or nine, I think it was. And it didn't yeah, start absolutely. selling out really quickly until I think after the Olympics was when the first one where it sold out rapidly. 
Mm. Yeah, it's very hard to get your hands on a ticket these days. Fratelli's must be thinking they've like won a won a raffle at some point, walking around that green room with all that lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Amy and Leonard are talking about some like new soul track they're working on in the corner, and that <laughs> that curly haired bloke out of the Fratelli's is going. Who wants to do Chelsea Dagger with us tonight? Probably not, mate. <laughs> no, it's like I'm up. They'll probably be on the podcast. In a few yeah, weeks. exactly. And also be that, careful. That, that Friday on the Pyramid Day. Does this? Does anything scream 2008 like? Editors, the feeling, Katie Tunstall, Kate Nash, the subways. There we go. But we said it. In a nutshell, right there. Absolutely fantastic. Anyway, we should we should move on. Well, talking of other gigs being postponed as well as Glastonbury, there's been quite a lot postponed, obviously because of the coronavirus. Uh, one I saw was one thing Foles are doing. They've pushed their gig back an entire calendar year. It's just a year down the line, same arena, same venues, same tour, just one year back. It's like the Euros. That's that's what that's what you can do when you're a big band, but I'm sure most of the uh, smaller bands aren't able to do that. And I've seen there's some interesting things that bands are doing to, to earn money, or you know, what else are they going to do with their time? Big Moon have offered uh, guitar lessons, wow. and uh, which yeah, so you know you can get a one-on-one twenty-five quid, reasonable price. So I'm not yeah. sure how long they last. Maybe I would imagine what forty-five minutes, probably half an hour, probably. Um, I was thinking of I think I should do it. Because obviously I can already play the guitar, so I'll obviously. just pretend. Obviously, Obvious, obviously, to all of our listeners, obvious to all well, of our listeners, yeah. you, both of you, them. Can, you can play it better than me, to be fair. But yeah, well, yeah, are, are you gonna are you gonna get well, a lesson? Then, yeah, well, I quite fancy them. So what what I could do <laughs> is pretend that I can't play very well, and then when I start improving rapidly, <laughs> when I start improving rapidly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'll suddenly, you know, they'll be so enamoured with their amazing teaching skills and it'll be like the Florence Nightingale effect and then we'll all fall in love and it'll be great. Will it? <laughs> I hope that's true. So, I, I've, heard, I've heard you play guitar. Um, I mean, mainly past 2 a.m. Uh, wh- wh- whichever, well, you know, whichever after part it would have been at. But yeah, no, Ooh, you, you're, sorry, you're very good. Huh? You're very... You're very... <laughs> Cheers, I was going to you, say you're very talented. Give me a compliment it, it, and then it, it, <laughs> I was giving you a compliment. If, 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 you, if you want to repeat to me, oh, that's fine. We can say that in and we can, we can edit that as a bonus for you. No problem, you know. <laughs> You're hard. Showing off because of the Showing off because of the guitar. Yeah. I think you should... Um, I think coming out of this, though, you should do that and then report back next week on your date with the big moon and we'll keep this ongoing i think i think that should be a feature on this podcast if, if, if you I went, would solo, love if to you went solo matt would, would you would you just but, be called matt maynard would you be called matt sound what would your stage matt, matt sounds <laughs> matt sounds matt sounds like shit no um, <laughs> <laughs> would it be immoral or like illegal to broadcast a guitar lesson against the wishes of big mood would it be something would go against gdpr or something wouldn't it like i mean it would just go against being a knob basically it wouldn't go against go it'd be a very <laughs> no, poor being a knob. Be very much for in being a knob. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. very much in line yeah it, 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 it seems with this gig postponement thing is coming back to it that, that literally every band is putting something about a gig postponement like the killers have put theirs back to like next year like you say putting it back a whole year is it seems Nietzsche, but when you, you put everything into perspective... Well, if you it, can, it's... you do it. You do, just because it's easy, right? But Carla, yeah. you said you've got a few... Uh, you said you'd seen a few other things. Yeah, a couple, well, I wouldn't necessarily say like gig replacements, but a few nice things that have been going on. Tim's listening party, I'm sure everyone's... Yeah, oh, yeah, so I was going to bring this up, I forgot. Yeah, it's so, really, it, it's, A, it's great. Tim, you if you're like, listening, can you come on the show? We'd love you. 
he would love to i'm sure the the chat is really great and like following the bands like on if you follow them on like twitter and stuff like their commentary around it is also really cool but some it's more so like his choice of albums is so good yeah, like yeah. today he had uh infected by the the great album yeah he, album be here now tomorrow i think is on there uh yeah. i know he's had like shame fontaine's on there so that is it's... really yeah so that's been really nice and yeah, yeah. That, 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 they've been absolutely brilliant i think i think that's been my my musical highlight of this this whole lockdown with, with all the like acoustic sessions and live sessions but the listening party has been the thing i'm going to at the, at the moment yeah. like um yeah. where you can just go on even if you don't know the band like steve says the story of the band that they tell and they all the members of the band they're the wolf, the wolf alice's first album on was the other night as well yeah and saw theo the bassist getting like, very emotional on twitter it was really nice to see um tim's twitter listening partly is great and certainly a good replacement for the gigs that have been uh, cancelled oh. at the moment what did anyone else think of the strokes album by the way just because thinking of new albums we talked about jerry i thought that the strokes album was surprisingly all right like i considering i didn't really like their last album i think this one is an upgrade yeah, I'd, I'd go with All Right. Um, I don't know about you, Steve. I know you're, you're a Strokes connoisseur. I am. I would describe myself as still being on the journey a little bit with it, which is normally the good way of saying I'm not really buying it, but yeah. I'm holding out hope that there's like the click moment is probably my fairest review. So yeah. I'm not giving up on it, giving it a bit more. Didn't, didn't get me like early it's doors. Not, it's, not, it's not like one of the first two or three. But I think it's still considerably better than the last record. So, do you know what I quite like about it? In fairness to them, is like it, it feels compared to the last two that there's at least been like they've applied some thought to it. And I'm not yeah. suggesting that they haven't done that with the others. That's a bit unfair. But like yeah. they've gone, all right, what are we going to do? And like they've obviously changed it up and they've gone for like, and not in like a really really cliche way. Like they've, I think it's quite interesting what they've done whether or not the execution is quite there for me i don't know come back to me i reckon in a couple of months and maybe i'll give you yeah. a better it is growing on me a bit actually like steve says there is this does seem to be a real theme behind it and a lot of um a lot of thought going into the songs like ode to the mets fantastic song uh, the adults are talking it, it's, it's a grower that album uh, I, I think I need to give it definitely need to give it a few more listens. Uh, I saw saw them at the Roundhouse a couple of months ago, which was my last gig before all of this uh, all of this you mayhem did. kicked in, and that was. I mean, I think I only played fourteen, fifteen songs, something like that, um, which you you expect a bit more for sixty, seventy quid, whatever it was. <laughs> but um, you, cut, you you sort of just sit there and go, well, it's the Strokes; they can probably play how many they want. I'm still going to really enjoy it. But um, yeah, that was on the Roundhouse set list. Well, whilst you whilst you mentioned the Roundhouse, uh, the Rifles have just released their live at the Roundhouse record. Yes, I listened to this. Wouldn't Super. recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> Super. Wouldn't recommend it. I'm also uh, conscious again, that it could be a future moth. guest. Could be a guest. <laughs> yeah, so. I, I, I am. So I'm, I'm not a regular. So I'm just a guest. I'm just. A, yeah. so I'm another guest. They we, can come and we'd me just up. like to officially say that on behalf of Mad Sounds, myself and William here will we'll endorse all uh, music by the Rifles, including their new live record at the Roundhouse, which we think is a fantastic record. Well, I, 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 I listened to that release, but lo the local boy uh, live track's really good because the, the crowd are singing back the last bit of the chorus, the whole bit. Uh, the, you know, the, yeah, this, yeah. So I say. the whole, hear, the whole part of the last song. Well, I'm, I mean, Steve's probably happy that the crowd was singing it and not the band. But... Thank God for a light relief. 
But about I, time. About I, time I'm, I'm, I'm not having rifles hate from a debutant. I'm really not. And I'm sure a lot of our really low, already low listeners won't have it either. So you're on thin ice at, as it stands. <laughs> yeah, rifles that's, that's, are like London told indie, you, indie Both royalty. of our listeners do like the rifles. So <laughs> Wellesley and Don Bailey are big fans. So. They're going to hate me. I'll never be welcome back. Talking to Wellesley, he was the... Uh, Subject By the way, I love the rifles. Sorry, I need to make that clear. <laughs> uh, I here he, like here the he comes back, back round the mountain. Back. But even the two oh. listeners that you have just mentioned would also listen to the live album and go, "Not the best." <laughs> I'm confident about that. Anyway, sorry. anyway, don't slag him off. <laughs> but anyway, talking to Wellesley, he picked three tracks, three of his favourite tracks, and we put them to Joe Carnell, and we asked him what he thought of them and whether he thought that they were. Good tracks to be in someone's top three. So seventeen is his right. number three choice. Seventeen. So that was that doesn't surprise me because a load of people love it, loads of people. But and we always have to play that now. And I've, I've been doing it acoustic for a while, and then the band we started doing it as a band. Um, and that wasn't actually on the first record officially. That was a B-side to Sending the Boys that we then put on the record as like a deluxe edition because so many people were asking for it. And I, I think it's probably become a thing for Melbourne fans because it's about being that out 17 years old. And like, I remember me and Tom, the guitarist, we, we write the songs together. And sometimes he'll write a verse and I write a verse. So he wrote, he wrote the first verse, put on the TV, six of the stations, is it the truth or a misinterpretation? And it, and it's about a 17-year-old, like, trying to watch the news and giving a shit or not, or does he just bother, turns it off. He want, All he wants to do is just go out. He wants to go out. So then I picked up the second verse about the irony of about, and you might not, I don't know if you remember this, or it happened to you as a kid, but you always used to try and get on the bus for cheap because you could save a lot of money by being under 16. But then as soon as you got off the bus and as soon as it arrived at town or a mate's house or a newsagent's, you'd want to be 18 to get the beer. So like, yeah. I just, I thought that was quite a nice juxtaposition from like 10 minutes before you want to be under 16 to get on for free or cheap. Then you get off the bus and you want to be an adult again. And it's all about that, that those first times of going around buying some ale and going to someone's house and then things happen and fights and stuff. And not in like a, not to try and glorify it, but that was just how what happened at the age we were writing songs. Uh, um, so yeah, don't surprise me. It's his top three. But it was never originally on the album. Okay, and we'll do number two. Being a rogue. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be pleased. Uh, yeah, that's about that. No, that that does surprise me because we don't play that live because we can never kind of get it to sound good. Um, but that started. I wrote that bass line, and then the song came from that. And that's about. Uh, Spending being in bands, but spending a lot of time away from your your other half, and I've had the same. And Tom has had the same other half since we started the band, which is mental. So we've both been with our wives now for fifteen years. So it was when we were probably we could be in like Japan or France or Germany or whatever, and still trying to be good men, <laughs> boys, trying to be like decent humans rather than like you know get with loads of other women basically so it was about the accusation of, of being that way which we actually weren't we were quite well behaved um 
yeah, and does it? It does surprise me. It's in his top three. I, I wouldn't have thought it was in many people's top three, but I think it's. A, I wanted that to be a single from the, the second record, but alas, it wasn't. And uh, the last one, number one, what you could have won? Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think all the bands still love that. I think when we wrote when we wrote that, I think that was a moment when we thought we're not just like a Sheffield Monkeys tribute band. Because that song doesn't sound like them whatsoever. And that was us starting to move away a little bit, I think. Sure. Um, and I think we were dead proud of that. We'd, we'd written something that sounded like us. Um, and I think what I think my brother started that a little bit. I had, I had the least to do with that. I came in at the end and put some words to stuff. Um, and I think we were trying to rip off Kings of Leon, to be quite honest. Because that first Kings of Leon record... I mean, first three Kings of Leon records are great, and then they got all before stick. they sold out. Yeah, yeah, um, but the first one was unbelievable. Like up there with the first Strokes record for me, like a massive impact on us at that time. Um, and we were just trying to rip them off with like the the, the sort of chorusy riff thing, the fast guitar thing. Uh, and then Tom come up with this brilliant sort of guitar melody on the end, and then we play it last every single gig. And it just it's just become a, a bit of a thing. Like, the first song's well, 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 the last song's what you could have won. It's part of that cult thing where people know what's coming and it kind of makes it even better because they're ready for yeah. it and they're, they're, like, getting to go for it. So, yeah, great choices. Surprise me, but good choices. Well, we'll let him know. He'll be, he'll be listening, so well done. Right. Well, well done, man. Well done, well done. <laughs> well done, well done. Um, yeah, so... Stephen, what did you think of what did you think of that? You've not heard that. You're a Milburn fan. He were you surprised that Wellesley's picks were a star? What did you think of Wellesley's picks? Um, not, su- not surprised by seventeen, and obviously not surprised by what you could have won. I think that goes. In, I think what you could have won is in everyone's list if you're a Milburn fan. Seventeen is a banger, and that doesn't surprise me. Being a rogue, I wouldn't say it surprised me because I think it's a really great track. But I suppose you would a bit rogue. It's a bit rogue, isn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe like it's a, it is just a little bit more, a uh, bit more niche. But I think it's a great, great track. And I, I, what was yeah. so nice was hearing his like how fond he was of the fact someone had chosen it as well. Oh, yeah. He seemed like he was really like pleased, which is so it must be so nice for him because people will probably always say to him what you could have won, and rightly so because it's a great track. But uh, yeah, uh, not, yeah, nice choices, I think. And I really liked his his in depth analysis there. Or- the lyrics of 17 and uh, thanks to uh, our mate Wellesley so for our next uh, podcast on Monday we're going to be joined by TV journalist TV critic Boyd Hilton He's, yeah he works for Heat yeah at BBC Radio 5 Live does the film reviews on 5 Live uh, yes. showbiz editor for Heat magazine um, and uh, a star on the Arsenal podcast as well um, Boyd's been coming on in a little series we've got developing where we talk to you know um, people in popular culture no, about no. Their, their, their three favourite albums uh, coming on and talking about the first records that they bought and what really got them into music so we can't wait for that series and as well as Boyd we've also got Scouse hero Jamie Webster coming on so we've got a lot we've got a lot on the pipeline um, in terms of episodes coming up so please do stay tuned and it um, goes, goes without saying if you could also uh, follow us if you're listening on Spotify like and subscribe you're you like a, you a YouTuber as well now this is uh, I've stolen that from Adam Buxton oh. what's going stupid. on in New York live from New York over there oh yeah we didn't mention that he is from he is in New York old Carlo that's the only reason he got on yeah it's the only thing that makes me 
even slightly interesting, particularly in light of the other list of guests you've just given, starting to feel the inferiority <laughs> complex quite significantly look, right look, now. But you got the call up, you're in the team, you know, just, 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 muck in, just, just muck in and <laughs> you're on the plane. <laughs> He's on the, plane. on the plane, muck in, do your bit, hope, you know, and you got an appearance. That's <laughs> hope what you you're ask back. Just right, don't ask me back on the rifles episode. <laughs> they ain't coming on now after that they've heard that definitely, they will be uh, blacklisting us um right before we go then i've got a little game for you we uh so this all came from the fact that me and old billiam over here were chatting recently about life and he said to me have you seen rishi sunak do you know how tall he is and i went whoa he looks about six foot isn't he and you see him on that podium every day giving those press conferences or every every tuesday uh, he looks pretty tall. And, and he said to me, no, he's like five foot five. I mean, what? Rishi Suno is five foot five. Foot five foot seven or something like that. Yeah, he's, he's, um, oh, he's backtracking now, isn't he? And, and, and I can't say anything about height. I'm really small. But oh, yeah, like, it's funny. But, but you're right. When you see him on that platform and then you look, his, look at his height or uh, him next to someone tall, you're like, nah, hang about. That's not him. <laughs> That's not him. So... This so, has inspired yeah. your, your, your yeah. game, Matt, this week. So this has inspired my game, um, which is um, higher or lower. Hey, um, and we're going to do it. We're going to play with, obviously, indie stars. I say indie stars, rock stars, music stars in this country. So I'm going to start. Um, I'm going to start with Surge from Kasabian. And I'm going to offer this to... Uh, we'll go guests first, won't we, um, Bill? We'll go with Stephen... <laughs> Stephen Pryor from New York. I mean, I'm going to throw at you, maybe I would argue an easy one to start. We're going to say Serge from Kasabian, Alex Turner, higher or lower? Mm, I, I think Alex Turner is, is not tall. I don't think even we're that tall, but I do think Alex Turner is a little bit shorter than Serge. Oh, I'll have a... I'll, I'll have a it's not your go. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, I'm I'm screaming. I'm screaming at my laptop at the moment. It, it, you want him to lose? You're playing against him. You oh, want I'll him stay, to I'll fail? Stay, I'll stay, I'll stay get the next is he taller? Is Alex Turner taller? No. Serge must be tiny then. Have you you haven't have you made your guess? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I said I think Alex Turner's smaller. I think he's shorter uh, right. than Serge. That that's correct. Oh, brilliant! I, I don't know what he's getting his knickers in a twist for. It um Serge is is one point nine seven meters tall. He's massive. So, so yeah, that's, that's six that's foot three and a half, six foot four. Hang on, it's what, 197 yeah. centimetres? Peter Crouch is like 200 Can I just... Yeah. Because I've got that's, them all in metres. That's why, that's why I was screaming at my laptop. Surge is really tall. Okay, so Will Sparks, Alex Turner, I'm going to offer you Yanis. Yanis from Foles, higher or lower? Uh, easy one for me. Yanis from Foles is smaller. He's gone lower. Alex Turner's not that tall. He's right. And you know what? He's right quite comfortably. Because Alex, Alex Turner is uh, five foot eleven, and Yanis is five foot seven. He's a he's a short bloke. So next up, higher or lower than Yanis, I'm going to offer you Mick Jagger. Definitely taller. Definitely taller. He says he's right, but not not as high as you thought. He he's just short of uh, he's five ten. He is Mick Jagger. Fair. Apparently one seven eight. I don't know if that's five ten. I've I've guessed. One seven eight. Um, so, Will Sparks, James Blake, higher or lower than 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 Yanis from Foles? No, no, the Mick Jagger. The Mick Jagger, one hundred percent higher. Oh, he's got one hundred percent. What do you know that we don't know to the listeners? Yes, you're right. You are right because he's six foot five. 
You knew that, Carlo, didn't you? There's my 100% justification. He's like the least tall-looking tall man of all time. He sounds like a small man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, obviously, if I offer you anyone with James Blake, uh, you know they're going to be smaller because I didn't fancy just going around finding some random... Richard um, Osman's brothers in Suede could could hit me with that. Yeah, Yeah, he's quite tall. So, but I'm going to offer you, I'm going to start with Morrissey. Uh, I'm not going to tell you his height. Um, and I'm going to say to you, Guy Garvey. So higher or lower, Morrissey, we're going with oh, Guy Garvey. That's, that's got to be close. That's got to be close. Where are you going? I reckon, oh, I reckon it's centimetres, isn't it? I'm going to say that Guy Garvey is a little bit shorter than Morrissey. Oh, he's wrong. He's wrong. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got Morrissey down as like a 5'10", a 5'11", something yeah, like that. Yeah, Guy Garvey is a cool 6'1". Is wow. he? Oh, he doesn't look 6'1". He yeah. doesn't look 6'1 at all, no. He's well, like the, oppo- he's the, oppo- he's the opposite of James. <laughs> he's the opposite of James Blake. He's 6'1", six, he's, he's six both ways. Yeah. <laughs> he's not coming on. He's not coming on. <laughs> <laughs> Another one, blacklisted. Another one, bites the dust. Oh. Um, yeah, so yeah, Guy Gar- Garvey's quite a, fi- a bit. Garvey, Garf, Garf, Garfield. Garvey's um, a friend of. We're solidar- solid- in solidarity with old Garvey, aren't we? Because he's a fellow broadcaster, which is exactly what we are. Say <laughs> that with a podcast in coronavirus time. Of course, of course, we're broadcasting. Um, I've just right. So just uh, there was only one more name. No, two more names. I think that I didn't. I got them. Uh, just have a little guess. Tom York. Uh, Guy Garvey. Well, no, just just tell me how tall you think. Oh, I guess I'm gonna go. Fi- I, I think he's part of the five ten, five eleven club. Well, he's I think not. he's in the five nine club. He's he's one meter sixty six. Who's got? Oh good? wow! Oh, that's he's about, tiny. That's, a, that's about five. That's about my height for fuck's sake. So yeah. there you go. Um, that was higher or lower. And on social media, our Twitter is at Mad Sounds London. On Facebook, we're just Mad Sounds. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at those Mad Sounds. So you can find us in all of the internet portals and wherever you get your media and your news. So please give us a follow on that and leave a lovely review, as I say, if you enjoy the podcast. I think that's it from me. That is, you th- is it from you and that is it from me. And thanks to Steve. Debut. Thanks for having me. I really what enjoyed that. Really enjoyed it. it. You're on the plane. You're coming to the next tournament, I think. Well, we'll um, see. See who else is there. That could define my well, fate. Yeah. If the rifles are there, the rifles exactly. are there, you won't be. Uh, there's a few others that might be cut out as well. The Fratellis, I wouldn't want to be in the same plane as them either at this point. It's the digs in at the end of the podcast. Anyway, we'll see you all later. Until then, stay safe. <laughs> That's a bit partridge at the end, isn't it? Until then, stay safe. What do you want me to fucking not say? Well, fucking yeah. die. <laughs> fucking die. Stay fucking hope. Hope you'll fucking die. <laughs> <laughs>